Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. Uh, we've got Mark Baker out there in Glenageary. I'm in Greystone Studios here as usual. Uh, we've got our special guest, Carson Owlett, out there in Boston, Mass. How's it going? Good. How about yourself? Fantastic, fantastic. Me and, me and Carson had just finished an online course together, and I thought uh, we'd have a chat about online security, something that's been really plaguing the Irish government and healthcare system uh, over the last couple of weeks, so I thought it was very topical. Also, uh, last last week we had a, a guy called Kevin O'Loughlin, um, who's a CEO of a uh, managed services provider business, uh, and he said the biggest opportunity that he says or sees rather this side of the uh, this side of the pond uh, is security and uh, that type of thing. Because um, basically, he has this big business, and I was say I was saying, Kevin, you know, break us off a little bit of this. Where do where do we get in? Where's me and Mark's angle? And uh, he said security, but uh, he didn't fancy our chances. Mark, what do you think? <laughs> considering we have absolutely no knowledge of it but look Carson this is a start this, yeah. so this is a potentially a budding uh, business for Luke absolutely okay so the Carson is the the owner CEO of a company in America called uh, Black Mirage um, Carson how would you explain the company to those people uh, out there listening in Ireland and the US which is our second biggest market Mark I don't know if you know that yeah you yeah. told me that yeah US of A <laughs> okay well I guess I would describe it as an offensive security company. Um, we test our clients' security posture, give them an actionable report on all the things they need to fix. Um, mostly we hire reformed or budding hackers to play the good guys this time and give it a shot. Okay, so you're, you're out there actively looking for those people that may be you know, on, on the, the wrong side of the law and... Uh... And kind of bring them to the good side, or they they kind of come to you saying we've got these skills. Usually, they end up coming to me. Um, ideally, we look for people without criminal records, but like if someone has good skills and they can help our clients properly without breaking any laws, then sure, they're always welcome. I like this, this idea as well because I guess you know if they serve their time, they might have uh, they might have caught that time, but they'll probably have learned a few lessons along the way. When you say hackers, sometimes. For, for us, so I work in a technology company, um, but I'm in kind of the sales end of things. Um, with hackers, the only thing I know about hackers are, is like, do you know the kind of uh, craze that happened early 2000s of, you know, you know, I think there was a movie called Hackers, but that type of thing. And then it kind of went silent a little bit, but it seemed to be coming back in the last how know, five years or something like that. Uh, is, is that something that's going to be, like, is the IT industry uh, a threat by by security uh, breaks kind of going forward? Or is this something that's going to ever be solved, do you think? I don't see this ever going away. Um, it would be all well and nice to find some magic solution, but in general, it's just getting the basics right, which is hard at a scale. Say, like, you've got 100,000 employees. How do you make sure that they're all not doing using bad passwords? How do you make sure they're all not clicking links? Beyond that, how do you secure the infrastructure in a timely manner without downtime? Like, it's complicated. Absolutely. And I think that Mark Mark Baker might be guilty of that password thing. I, I think I know his password for almost everything. Um, so we'll talk about that later. But so, do you know, I know you, you probably don't, 
uh, have too much of an overview of what's happening here in Ireland. But a couple of weeks ago, well, last week, we had a, a really big breach with our health service. Um, and it was uh, what, the, what they called on the news like a ransomware. How does that work? How do you think those guys got in there? And uh, how can people avoid that? Or is that something that they, they this shouldn't have happened? <laughs> Do you know, it's it's one of it's a little bit complicated. Um, ransomware is typically opportunistic, so like we all like to claim that we're targeted by some big government, but in general, ransomware is just whatever's left open on the internet, or if they can't find anything open on the internet worth ransoming, they will pay for installs, which is PPI. Um, it's pretty common in the criminal underworld. Uh, basically they give a broker this executable and this amount of money and the broker goes and installs it on this amount of systems. And that is a large source of ransomware infections as well. So, I mean, like a lot of it could be avoided by just having good security hygiene. But then again, I mean, like, if you're a high priority target, someone will be able to sell access to you for a high price. So the incentive goes up. And you, when you say incentive, is that like an insider that would have some some uh, passwords of people or something? Or is it uh, is the, does the industry break down into like specialists? Like the guys are just uh, hacking like these types of systems. And then once they're in, they're going to sell it to a malicious person. It's a little bit of a mix of all of it. Um, obviously, if I walk up to one of your employees with 50000 in cash and just say here give me plug this into your computer like that's going to work almost every time but like that as james bond-esque as that is it doesn't happen very often uh most of the time it's just poor security hygiene like people reusing passwords clicking links like all of the basics like if you hear about some way to avoid getting hacked that's probably a vector that people use to get into networks um Sorry, can you repeat the question? I lost my train of thought. No, I was just saying, like, what's the, what's what's the the, the most common way of these uh, criminals getting in there? Is it somebody on the inside job? I remember I worked in a place uh, when I was in Canada, and um, everyone had their passwords on post its on their computer, and they came in one day, and all the post its were gone. And everyone's freaking out. So, um, would that be bad hygiene, Carson? Do you think? Um, yes. <laughs> But at the same time, most ransomware actors are not people breaking into your office. They're usually people that are like, obviously, I don't want to profile any country, but let's just pick on India for a moment. Let's say that there's someone sitting in India and you're in America or Ireland and you left your SSH unsecured or some, that might be a bit more technical. You left some service that your company offers exposed to the internet without securing it properly. All of a sudden they're in your network. And they have a few options for monetizing it. They can either steal data, they can sell access, or they can ransomware it themselves. So you've already got a problem. And uh, at the end of the road, it usually leads to ransomware. Right. So who who are these people? Like, what is it? Big? Is there like big organizations? Are these proper organized companies? Is it individuals? Is it people in their mom's basement just trying to do it? You know. Generally, I know there's, there's probably all of those things, but generally, what are the types of people that are, and there's a big risk involved. Um, like what if they get caught? You know, what are the kind of things that would happen to them? Well, typically you see them living in non-extradition countries. Like, for example, let's say someone's in Russia. As long as they don't mess with the Russian government, they're probably going to get away with it. Um, 
obviously it's a mix of all different types of groups. Like you've, uh, you've got some kids sitting in a basement maybe, but like the typical, the typical headline news ransomwares are from organizations. They're well-funded, well-staffed, they've got good equipment and they pay for the best talent. So like when you stack them up against some random security company or not security company, some random company in general, they're going to get in. But these, uh, if they're kind of companies with staff almost, it's obviously not proper companies like they're no but like structurally it'll be similar to like a company or even a military unit like they're it's well organized well funded and they're good at what they do it's all very exciting mark i don't know if you (laughs) i know it's a you know it's a crime and stuff like that but i'd say it can be tempting if you're uh you know if you're recruited by one of these these places you're like you know we're going to take down this these big uh you know these big organizations and it's going to be challenging you're going to make a lot of money you know i think that's it speaks to a lot of people um the recent one that happened in america with the pipeline and that type of stuff was that a was that like a a group that type of unit outside of the states or do you think that was like a domestic attack i don't want to speak with certainty on attribution because that's always the hard part however i would say that it is highly unlikely that it was anybody living within the u.s okay um that's a certain threat profile you just don't want to have okay I see. And so when it comes to, so that's, we've kind of, we covered the kind of how they get in and um, the kind of risks there. How do you build a business around uh, the, the IT uh, security industry? Are you, are, are people seeking you out? Do you have like a, like how, how does, how does your business work generally? Um, well, I mean, I started off at a DARPA research company, so that was a What's, nice what way DARPA to do? propel. What? What does DARPA do? Uh, they're the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency for the U.S. government. Um, oh, okay. Basically, they try to research cutting-edge technology. Okay. So I started off there. It gave me a good background in research, gave me the connections I needed to actually launch my own company. And then uh, basically, we've just floated by on reputation and outbound marketing. Cool. So, I mean, like, as long as you have the skill sets and you can deliver in a professional manner, you can run a... Uh, cybersecurity company pretty easily and are you have you been inundated recently after all the the stuff's going on uh like are these kind of big breaches kind of good for business in a, a kind of a, a roundabout way in a roundaboutish way yeah they are like there's an uptick in requests for penetration tests or adversarial simulations but like in general we handle the offense side as in we will make sure that your security program's working. And right now, most of the fires being put out require incident response. So we're not really in that vertical, but it does trickle down. So Mark Baker, with your with your uh, business, are you guys uh, worried about this? I know it's not on the size of uh, the HSE, but... No, well, I don't have that many staff to worry about, you know. Um, but we do have all, all the proper security in place, and we just have a company that does all that for us. But we, I, there is some emails that come in. I'm convinced these ones are probably the ones that get most people. Like my staff members will get emails from me asking them real simple things. It'll probably start out something really normal. Um, can you send me on that, that thing I asked for? And then it's, if they, and it's happened, you know, they might just go, what, which, which thing, you know, and then they, because it comes up as me and it really does seem, because they used to be real obvious, you know, the way they're worded, you know, broken English and stuff like that. Yeah. But they're getting better at that. Um, 
so they kind of lure you in and then ask for <laughs> then ask for iTunes vouchers or something. It's kind of like he doesn't even have an iPod. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, so I can low rent hacking is that that's real. Look at <laughs> I, can, I can definitely see that kind of stuff working if you're real busy and you just you just see the name and uh, sometimes they're quite good with the email addresses. I think often it can almost look like my email address completely. So uh, that's what we that's what I'd find uh, the most common. Yeah, well, especially a as a as a, if my title is partner, like I get more than than most people because so they ask, I don't know how they find me or track me or there's obviously algorithms that work. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I don't I know. Imagine that it's tax season and you're busy with accounting and you get an email saying, "Here, this is the these are the recent numbers. Can you open this spreadsheet and verify?" I've got and that. Now all of a sudden, I've got access to your computer. Yeah, I've got a few of those. Yeah. Oh, there, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, All right. Like they do sneak in. Like we do have a uh, a filter that that keeps out most things. Um, there is some funny things that they they said they caught me doing, and uh, <laughs> they're just, gonna expose me for doing that. <laughs> and they're just hoping that you're some sort of secret, uh, you know, deviant. <laughs> and they're like, "Got, I got this guy now." That's a pretty. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's maybe do you know do you know what I think as well? Like I always get obsessed with these uh these YouTube ads where you keep seeing them over and over again and it's kinda of like a silly product or it's it's you know, you're like, What the hell is this? But then or it's bad quality advertising. Uh but then I think to myself, like, if they they wouldn't be running this at me if it's not working. Do you know? They're not they don't have unlimited funds mm-hmm. that are just going one way so there must be some uh deviants out there that they're fishing for through emails and they're they're catching them you know? oh so, so many people get caught i remember you it started years ago but they still do it you know, and they were coming from um parts of africa nigeria those emails and they'd they because i have an art business they'd say oh i'd like to buy and they the names they'd have the names of the paintings and they say and i fell for it at the start like i mean yeah. this was 21 or whatever i asked them another question and it was quite obvious then the broken English, but it was like, I'll send you yeah. a ten, 10 grand uh, check or whatever. And then you, and the, the paintings are only five grand and you just send me back five grand and I had to send them to the change and then the check bounces. Um, I don't loads. I don't know, but I know anecdotal evidence of loads of people getting caught by that. I, when I actually, when I started, I, hey, uh, Carson, I, when I was back in college, this is probably, I don't know, well, 12 years ago anyway. Um, I had an e-commerce business that was a little bit dodgy. Mark might have remembered this one, uh, but I was making the good phone business. The a they were a phones. People knew they were a phones. Uh, you know, they're iPhone ish um, stuff, and that I was getting from China. Anyway, I uh, I, w- I was selling them here, and um, somebody from uh, Nigeria actually came and uh, you know said he sent me the money, and he sent me like a like the, <laughs> the like a uh, a screenshot of. Um, of PayPal back then, and it was it was ex- it was so good, like it looked exactly what mine would reflect. Um, and uh, I actually rang, uh, I called uh, PayPal, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't do um, accounts in Western Africa at the time, like so it's probably not right." But you know, it's up to you. But anyway, so that's our, our little uh, you know, this, this is small potatoes when it comes to security breaches, Mark. Though I think you're yeah, I think like a lot of people just for for personal security, a lot of people are quite on edge more and more now than ever i think a lot of people think they're being spied upon a lot of people think their phone is listening to them some people think yeah the phone is looking at them like is all that is is all that true or is that people being you know a bit too uh paranoid 
Um, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. Like if someone was paid a lot of money to develop a tool, but like, um, just your average person, I don't think it's as likely. Yeah. For example, like when you're talking in WhatsApp and WhatsApp is supposed to be encrypted or whatever, when you're talking about, you know, that puppy that you're going to buy, um, all of a sudden you're, you're getting ads for puppies on, uh, Facebook and Google and stuff like that. Is that people, is that true or are, are people just being paranoid and they've they've googled it and it's just a cookie following them around then uh i'm not entirely certain i can, i'm not an expert on that space however that would be a good opportunity to talk about end-to-end -end encryption um if it's end-to-end -end, it's encrypted in transit that doesn't necessarily mean that both endpoints are safe from spying like let's say that the message gets decrypted in whatsapp theoretically whatsapp could look at it I mean, I don't know the specifics of what they do, so I can't really speak to it, but it, it would be possible. Um, you'd have to read their terms and conditions, which most people don't. So for sure. And for just, just to keep on personal security, like, I mean, is there any kind of tips that you'd have for just for your regular user of a mobile phone? Are you concerned about that? Or are you kind of just look, it's only, you're not that important as an individual, you know, you don't have to worry about it too much. Well, I mean, in general it's you're not that important as an individual but like as far as general hygiene goes um i usually recommend people away from whatsapp i recommend them towards signal What's signal, um, signal is an encrypted messaging app uh similar to whatsapp whatsapp uses the signal protocol to begin with or at least they did a while back i haven't really looked into it recently but it's basically the same encryption but it's a company that has a better track record with privacy Okay. Um, I generally recommend Signal for people. Um, keep your iPhone or Android up to date. That will keep most of the broadnet malware campaigns from reaching you. And um, don't reuse your passwords. Use a password manager. And the you know the SSO stuff. Does that help with the 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 security stuff, or is it just oh an easy way to log into everything? So that's the single sign on stuff. The only reason um, why I ask is because I, I lost a deal in work because they didn't want to pay for the SSO, and I was like, I'm not sure if it's any better. It's just Is it more just convenient? I'm not exactly a domain expert on that, hey. but uh, in general, I would say that anything that reduces complexity from the user side of things probably is helpful. Um, I haven't seen any horrifying security breaches that were a direct result of using SSO, so I can't really give an educated opinion as to its security, but I would say it's probably not that bad. Okay. I'd say it probably improves things if it keeps you from having to make a mistake. I like that idea too. I just think it makes it easier for everybody. And it's kind of, a, 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 it is something that's kind of like centrally controlled. Um, but with the, back to the, the Black Mirage business or kind of that type of consultancy based business anyway, just out of interest, is that something that you'd be looking to kind of scale or is it just kind of project based? Like you guys are finding the projects. Uh, some of my partners are like that where they've got maybe a, a stat, like a kind of strategic staff of like 10 people, but then they have like an accordion, uh, uh, staff of like contractors that can kind of uh, expand like with this type of business is the idea to get as big as possible and sell it or is it just going to be a like project-based business what do you what do you think about that in general i've seen most of the small consultancies try to scale up to a certain point and then sell um i personally value my company's reputation quite a bit um i don't plan on ever selling um 
I have a unique relationship with my employees. I treat them well. I make sure they have everything taken care of. And in return, I get, I get top quality product. So I, I personally am not looking to sell. However, that is the typical model. Yes. Interesting. And are you guys just uh, in the, the type of services that you, um, you guys would provide, would that be just s- specifically for the U S or can you do stuff in Europe as well? Does it matter? We can do it pretty much anywhere. Obviously, there's a few countries that are sanctioned by U.S. law that I can't really interact with monetarily. But aside from that, unless there's something specific in that country that forbids me from operating there, I mean, like, we're open to anyone. I like that idea as well, because what do you think, Mark? We set up some sort of uh, marketing campaign on this side because we, I think this this is a real gap in the market in Ireland. I never really came across too many uh, um, security... Uh, situations like this where it's, it's only going to get more and more important though um, I'd imagine uh, as as we go on um, what do you see the future of it looking like even the, the near distant future or near future um, that's hard to predict honestly but uh, if things continue the way they're going I see there being more breaches um, the breaches will continue to get worse and worse just because that's how it works. It's basically, it's similar to an arms race. Uh, you get better defense, they get better tools to break it. So, um, I, I see the industry being relatively important for the next, however long period you want to say, I mean, like, I don't see it going away. And do you think mm-hmm. that there's any, like, you know, because so there's going to be big targets out there. Like there's like the pipeline or the, uh, health service in Ireland is kind of, they're like, they're getting kind of scary. Then that's, What's next? Is it going to be the electrical grid? Is that possible, or is that too, uh, like, <laughs> are there you know, the the really big uh, entities that make our lives kind of tick over? Uh, are they super duper uh, protected, or should we be uh, building a uh, shelter? <laughs> um, I'm not going to offer opinions on whether or not you should build a sh- build a shelter. That's whatever you're comfortable with, yeah. but. Um, for example, of basically the way that that's working right now, um, the group that hit Colonial Pipeline's dark side almost immediately issued an apology and was trying to at least do a little bit of PR <laughs> towards the general population after everyone started getting upset about gas prices. So um, I would say that that was probably not an intentional targeting. And if they had known where they were, I doubt they would have done it the same way just because there, there are some targets that have consequences. Your government might hand you over if it's politically expedient. So like if, even if you are in a non-extradition com- country, like there are generally rules about what you don't touch. Okay. Um, obviously not everyone follows them, but I would say for the most part, you don't have to worry about some random criminal gang taking off your, taking down your power grid. Okay. Good, good to know. But like, so just with the, with your job, I just one, like one of the questions I thought would be interesting as well is like, like so you you're you guys are kind of uh, white hack hat uh, hackers, I guess. Like you know, like going in trying to figure out. It's kind of like um, like that like that uh, movie Inception at the beginning where they're kind of like training people or getting in there. Um, but like, do you ever come across the kind of baddies? Do you kind of do you know anybody on the other side that's you know without incriminating anyway? Are, are they do they walk among us? Or are these people kind of off somewhere? Like, oh, they're they're average people. Like, if if you work in the security industry, 
you may not know that you know black hats, but you probably do. I mean, like a lot of people put on both hats depending on the mood. Um, <laughs> that sounds way worse than it actually is. But um, in, ge in general, um, if you know enough security professionals, you probably know someone that has hacked something for fun or profit at some point. Wow. Um, it's not like you're walking amongst kingpins or anything, but like they're, they're, it's fairly common. Um, also, it's how you define black hat. Like if we're talking about the American definition of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, that could be as simple as you manipulated a school vote on something. Okay. So like it's really how you're defining black versus white on that. I was kind of thinking about the guys that are just trying to take people's bank accounts and stuff. That type of thing. Maybe not people's, but like, or like they're out there, or like one of the <laughs> one of those uh, one of those uh, Sean Connery movies where they're trying to take a penny off everybody's uh, bank account. <laughs> Entrapment. They, they certainly walk among us, but I wouldn't say that it's as common as you would think. Um, there was some kid I'm trying to remember which country he was from. It was somewhere over in your in your neck of the woods. Um, they got in trouble for that big scam on Twitter. Do you remember when all of the verified accounts started posting, send me Bitcoin and I'll double it and send it back to yeah, you? I remember, I remember hearing about that. And it was like yeah. from Elon Musk or something. Was it? Or from, or no, it was, from it was a bunch of them. Yeah. Like there were that's like 15 that's or 16. That lives down the road from me, Luke. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm not hearing it. was an Irish guy who got charged. Um, and I know exactly who he is. Do you? Uh, with, uh, yeah. I'm gonna hang on uh, after he, we stop recording. I need to. <laughs> I'll was tell he, you later. Was he of my generation? Yeah, uh, potentially. Yeah, a bit younger. A bit younger. Wow. Mm. Sure, I made friends with the wrong people. All my friends are just regular. You know? And on on with the, with the crypto stuff and and Bitcoin. You know, what are the key risks around there? Or is it is that how safe is it? Um. Once again, it's basically case by case. But uh, in general, cryptocurrency is relatively safe. Um, grain of salt, obviously, if you send it to the wrong address, you're never getting it back. But like, as long as you're, as long as you're using it properly, I don't see much risk there. It's just, it's just an alternate form of currency that is verified through a blockchain. Um, people do get their accounts emptied if their key is on their computer and the computer gets hacked. Like that's certainly a thing, but in general, it's like leaving your wallet out. If someone walks by and grabs it, like you should have hit it a little better. It's crazy that everything seems to come down to that password at the end of the day. Is there anything better than a, than a password? Can you see it evolving into everything is going to be fingerprint, retina, face recognition, whatever, or is it just well, always going to be? I don't think it should move to face to face recognition or retinas or anything because there's a problem there let's say that i managed to get access to that you can't really change your dna or your fingerprints yeah at least with a password you cycle it like with a password it's you change it and boom the breach is over uh with your biometrics it's you once i have that it's over and yeah like <laughs> Carson, I'd imagine your passwords are nuts. Are they? They just like, like real, kind of like you know, crazy. Um, but yeah, I think Mark is thinking more of a like a nineteen eighties Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or something. That those types of <laughs> metrics. I don't know if it's if he's really maybe, yeah, that maybe that's what I'm thinking. Um, or if someone's going to cut your eye out and kind of yeah hold, hold it up to the thing. Um, well, there's 
there are some good security hygiene tips for passwords as well. Like for example, eight characters, you can crack that pretty easily. Um, if, you, if it's hashed, like that's trivial to break. Now, if you take four words and put them together and add a couple numbers somewhere randomly through it, all of a sudden that takes a lot longer for someone to break with a cracking rig. But eventually, so kind of- how do you how do you break? Uh, say say a, a Gmail password. Say I set up oh. a Gmail today, and I, I have a, an eight letter one with, with the number and the capital letter and the you know the symbol. Mark, thank how you. long would it take you to guess to get that? Well, I mean, it would, let's just move away from Gmail in general. Let's say that you have like some random website asks you to sign up and all of a sudden it gets hacked and everything, all the user data gets dumped online. Let's say like that. This is very common to happen. It happened with Ashley Madison. It's happened with a number of different sites. Um, now, most sites, when they're following best practices, have hashed your password. So it's not just a clear text this is what your password is just sitting out in front of the hacker. It's a hash that they then have to go through and crack. Um, it could take any amount of time, but usually the more complex your password is, the, the longer it takes. Um, and it, yeah. is, the, is that rig just like testing every variable that it could be? So one of the cracking rigs I built a while back when I was first starting out was six 1060 gpus try explaining about how you're building that that uh that rig and then you you kind of broke off but I'll, I'll edit that out so what was the, okay what was the story there uh basically my first cracking rig was just a computer with six gpus in it and it could try so the process of cracking a hash you have a string of characters and you hash it using the same function that the hash you're trying to crack is and then compare the two. So that takes a little bit of computing power to get done. So you want to have a bunch of different pieces of hardware making it happen faster. So the rig I first built could crack like, could try 20,000 different combinations every minute. And obviously the harder it is to, the more com- potential combinations that your password could have, the longer it's going to take me to break it. Um, but the stronger, that, the stronger the computer, does that help? Obviously, like if you're super strong, I don't say oh, absolutely. in the future, but like, is that something to worry about as well? How good computers are going to get? Quantum computing is going to break most encryption we currently use. Um, I don't, know enough about the research ongoing on that as to give an estimate as to when that might happen or if it will happen. But uh, in general, any major increase in speed that you can tr- that you can hash something means that you can crack it a lot faster as well. With, with so, quantum computing is, do many, might be a stupid question, do many people have, our, our organizations have access to quantum computing? And is that going to be like a bit of a a nuclear bomb in a way if you have it you know you have a lot of power as a country i'm not up to date on that topic okay <laughs> um i haven't heard any rumors floating around that someone has broken all modern encryption so i'd imagine that it's still a bit off yeah 